This is Rumble with Michael Moore, and I am Michael Moore. Welcome, everyone, uh, to our episode here. Uh, Today, our guest is going to be one of the co-founders of Rage Against the Machine, Tom Morello. Uh, Will join me here, my good friend Tom Morello, and we will have uh, much to talk about uh, regarding the political situation, what's going on these days, and also music, movies, etc. So please uh, uh, stick around here and join me for this uh, conversation coming up here with Tom Morello. Before we get going, let me first of all thank uh, all of you who have joined my Substack, my platform here, uh, which contains both my writing and my podcast. And it's free. It's a, it's a free subscription. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. All you have to do is go to michaelmore.com and there'll be a link here on the podcast platform page here, michaelmore.com. And it'll ask you for your email address. And then it, it uh, a box will come up and, you, and you'll see some options for people who want to become uh, paid members. Uh, they can do, you can do that. Any of you can do that. Uh, that helps us with everything we're doing uh, these days. So thank you for that. Uh, but you don't have to, you can be a free subscriber and you get every single one of my postings, my writings, my essays, uh, my letters to you, everything, plus every podcast. Uh, nothing's behind a paywall regarding whatever I post uh, with my writing and my podcast. So, And thousands of you, I should say, hundreds of thousands of you, tens of thousands of you, a whole bunch of you have done this in the first month of, of me being on Substack. And I am so appreciative uh, of that. And I hope uh, that you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed my writings. I, I, at least once a week, I've been posting something. And this last week, I posted some letters, old letters that uh, we found that we had posted 20 years ago. And as far as I was concerned, they were lost and Basil found them. And uh, here we are. And so we couldn't get a flight back home from LA to New York on the, uh, the afternoon of 9-11. We were supposed to fly, but obviously that didn't happen. So we got a rental car a day or so later, and we hit the road and went off to discover America, as they say. And it was quite a discovery and quite a... Each night I would write a letter to you, to the American people, to whoever was on my mailing list. And halfway across the country, NPR asked me to come in and record them, and they then put them up on public radio. It's uh, They're very... Emotional and powerful, I think. Uh, it's interesting to read them now, some uh, 20 years later, but that's what I've been posting on Substack for the last week to 10 days. And so I hope, I hope that you have enjoyed them. And now we, of course, are looking forward. So I will have a new uh, Substack posting up uh, this Sunday, and we will have a new podcast, which you just got here in your email if you are already on my list. If you're not on the list, you got it on Apple, Spotify, that's Anchor, that's great. But uh, but get it. you can get it on my list, and it's already embedded right in the email. You just hit play, and boom, you start listening to the podcast. It's very easy. So do that, michaelmore.com. And thank you to everybody who has joined. Thank you to everybody who's become a paid member. Oh, my God, we've got thousands of people that have done that in the last month. And so you'll get your, you don't get a tote bag. Uh, you don't get a, a, a coffee mug, you know, and you don't get one of my baseball caps, but we do have a, a couple of gifts uh, for you. You, you get to participate in a, a live online video Q and A with me every month. And also you get to join me on what I'm calling Mike's movie night. So every now and then 
Um, I'm going to pick a movie uh, to watch, and I want to share it with you. And you come watch it with me on on your computer, on your TV set, or whatever. And then uh, some of the times I'll have the director or some of the actors. Uh, the film afterwards, we'll have a nice discussion about the movies. So if you love the movies, uh, you'll get that as a little gift. Okay, everybody, before we bring Tom on, let me thank our underwriters for today. Thank you, underwriters. First up is a brand new one just joining us here for this wonderful episode. They're called Human. Now, I know what you're thinking. What? The human race is now underwriting Rumble? No, this is actually something that's called Human. And they make this, uh, this thing that I love. Uh, it's called Super Beats Heart Chews. Say that three times real fast. No, seriously, this stuff is really uh, good. I actually have a bag of them right here uh, by the microphone. It's filled with grape seed extract. Okay, right there. If you know anything, if you talk to my younger sister, she will tell you that grape seed extract will save your life. That's not one of the promises uh, from Super Beats here. It's, it's, it's just my sister talking, but, but she got all of us <laughs> on the grapeseed uh, extract. And this thing, uh, the heart chews, Super Beats heart chews, they are not only a great way to start the day, they're a great way for a pick-me-up in the afternoon where you don't have to, you know, depend on caffeine or energy drinks or whatever. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're like these little squares and they're, 20 calories each. Yeah. You're thinking, what kind of energy am I going to get from 20 calories? Well, it's because of everything else that's in this. Let me, I got the bag here right in front of me. Um, let me I'm just read you. There's all this great nutrition and everything in these. You just take a couple of these chewies a day. These super beets are, they're good for the heart. It's good for your blood pressure and it tastes great. Super beets, heart chews and I just, I want you to get a 30 day supply of these things. Uh, and, and you do get 30 days for free with your first purchase of superbeats.com slash rumbles. That's all you got to do. Just go to superbeats. That's one word. Super beats. That's B E E T S. Superbeats.com slash rumble. Join the 1 million people who they get free shipping and returns with us. And they even do a money back guarantee for you. You don't like it. All right. That won't happen. Go to superbeats.com. Superbeats, one word, B E E T S. Superbeats.com slash rumble. In addition to Superbeats, I want to thank our other underwriter for today's show. And of course, that's our longtime friends at Gabby, G A B I. So, as we know, shopping for auto insurance sucks. I get it. So does Gabby. That's why they do all the work for you. Things that would take days or weeks for you or I to search around and try and find the best rates. Gabby does this in minutes. Gabby uses your current policy to compare your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers. They're the one true comparison platform with fast, verifiable quotes, not like ballpark guesses. And because Gabby uses your current coverage, they only show you policies that are the same or better than your current coverage, many of them at a lower price. Gabby helped find my buddy Hank. You know, he'd heard me talk about Gabby here on the, on the show. He logged on with all the information, you know, from his current insurance provider, and he got so many quotes 
back from Gabby with a dollar amount and how much it saved. He couldn't believe it. How many hundreds of dollars he saved simply by taking a few minutes going to Gabby, a free service. So people who switch with Gabby save on average $80 a month. That's almost $1,000 a year. $80 a month versus their current policy. Come on, people. So start saving on your auto insurance today. Go to Gabby.com slash Rumble to start saving. It's totally free. That's Gabby, G-A-B-I dot com slash Rumble. Okay. Tom Morello in the green room. He is best known as the senatorial aide to Senator Alan Cranston, uh, 1987-88. And then uh, after that, while out of work, uh, founded a a band called Rage Against the Machine. And uh, that band, as you know, went on to become one of the most important rock bands of all time. Certainly created a sound in the 1990s and 2000s that I don't know if I've seen anything like it. Uh, sense other than in the form of Mr. Tom Morello himself, who to this day continues on with his latest project, the Atlas Underground and the new album that's coming out here in a couple of weeks, the Atlas Underground Fire. But mostly he's on today's episode of Rumble uh, because he is my good and dear friend and comrade and brother in arms, Tom Morello. Tom, how are you? I'm well. What's going on, Mike? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And and why don't we just start with the important stuff? What the sure. fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think finally you and I are in over our heads, man. Like we <laughs> we tried. We tried. We did the best we could under the circumstances. Under oh my god, I think you're even <laughs> considering. But we there's nothing like yeah. this that we've there's, had to deal with, and now. Um, and now a nation turns its lonely eyes somewhere. <laughs> no, but seriously, all kidding aside, I know we're chuckling, but only only to alleviate the pain. Yeah. Because seriously, Tom, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, well, I will, you know, I'll give you my 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 dime store analysis quickly, and then and then we can parse that and then talk about rock and roll and whatnot. But uh my take is that the 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 fertile fields that have led to this just in insanity that we're in now were brought about by both Republican and Democratic administrations that turn their back on real people. And that's not just, not just in the United States, but it's also those kind of the corporatist parties in the UK and in Brazil and in Europe and whatnot that like, that like abandoned, like I come from the, the town that I grew up in is coal miner, like is Trump country, where it's like really like good people who just mm-hmm. got, who, who always were like union and voted yeah. Democrat until they stopped and then voted Republican until they stopped. We're just like got fucked over by everybody. And they got, you know, they and, and all those people, a lot of those people voted for Obama. And then they were like, well, that guy fucked us over, too. And like, there's no there's no route for them to express themselves. And it's a fertile field for a grift. It's a fertile field for a demagogue. It's a fertile field for using the oldest tricks in the book, 
which is divide and conquer. The problem's not neoliberalism and this capitalist system, which is keeping you down. The problem is the Muslims. The problem is the Haitians. Mm. The problem is the Mexicans. Mm. And that that's the grift that, you know, that began as that grift, which has sort of led to this, this quagmire, this briar patch uh, that we're in now where there's really, I'm not sure how we fight our way out of this other than with electric guitars and bass and drums. Well, you're not being facetious when you say that because I have believed, and if you study history, it is often the artists, the musicians, the playwrights, the filmmakers, the authors, the, the people that create are often the ones those in power go after first. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because people like music. Yeah. <laughs> people like the movies. Yeah. And people like, and so best to get rid of us first. Not that I'm trying to suggest anything if anyone from the NSA is watching, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that um, I do believe that that guitar, that that camera, you know, that that paintbrush is a powerful weapon yeah. of change, um, defeating capitalism, you know, name anything, protecting this earth. It's, it's all there. So I admire you so much and have for so long for being one of those people not afraid to pick up that, that instrument, that weapon, that uh, defender of the people, of peace, all of that. It dawned on me long ago that, that, that the arts, are, the reason why the arts are dangerous is because it's a way of expressing your humanity during inhumane times. And that that's a dangerous thing, you know, like saying like, like we're people and we count and we matter. And when you, and when you, especially like with the, in the, in the realm of music, which is a, you know, like music rhythm predates spoken language. You know what I mean? There's something in our reptilian brains that when the tribe gathers, you know, in, in a throng with a, with a, with a uh, feeling of connect, connectiveness and togetherness, like the right rhythm and the right rhyme on top of that can be a very, very dangerous, dangerous thing, as it often has been in the past. You know, like there's never been a, a successful social movement in our country that hasn't had a great soundtrack. And I think it's mm. time for the, it's time for the next one. Yeah. That's right. And I think, I think too, and maybe this is what gives, I'm, I'm not a big believer in hope. I, I usually refer to it as hopium. <laughs> it's that drug we're looking for. Please tell me it's going to be better. Please yeah. tell me the, the, the coronavirus will be gone in two weeks. But I believe that because of the work that has been done for many years, long before you and I, back to the 30s, back to before that in this country, and much longer before that, that we're at a time now where the majority, oddly enough, we've come to this point where you and I are not so far out on some limb that yeah. we can barely be seen. Yeah. The majority of our fellow Americans believe that just name the subject women should be paid the same as men climate change is real you cannot live on 10 or 15 dollars an hour just go down the whole damn thing and the majority of americans texas should not have a say about what a woman a woman can do with her own body yeah i mean just, just name it the majority tom agree with yeah. us yeah that is that's the truth yeah, you've long harped on that, and it's a, and it's it's an important point that gets kind of obfuscated in the daily news cycle of of awfulness you know, that comes down the pike. Right, um, and it, and it is it also speaks to the fact that like that like the you know, one one of the cracks in the walls of democracy is that 
despite the fact that those things are true, that is not what is manifested in our country. Right. So then is that in some ways, see, I feel and maybe I don't know if you agree with this. And again, it just could it could be the Catholic upbringing. But I believe that that's on our shoulders, that that's sort of now on us. If the majority of Americans believe that we must end this bigoted, wrongheaded mass incarceration, that the majority now of of 18 to 35 year olds believe that capitalism is the enemy, not socialism. If if that's where the country is is moving, mm-hmm. if this is now, as we just heard from the uh, Census Bureau this last month, for the first time since we took a census in 1790, there are now we've there has been a drop in the number of white people, and a rise in the number of people of color. If this is our America now. Yes, <laughs> not much is happening as a result of it. Yeah, yeah. So it, is it incumbent upon us to sort of figure out what to do, or is it enough that I just make these movies and and you make the albums? <laughs> Good question. That's, well, that's you. That you that you're you're, act, you're you're asking a, a a brass tacks nuts and bolts question, which is because and on the one hand, like I look at it like I'm kind of cursed with being a guitar player. I didn't really choose that; that chose me. And right. now with with that kind of burden, like that was my calling, and so I'm kind of stuck. And so I have to do whatever I can within the parameters of being a guitar player to affect, you know, to help to to try to twist the top off of the ketchup bottle, you know, of injustice, you know. Um, but you're right. Like, is is it is it enough? And sometimes some days it feels like. You know, some days it feels like, you know, you're at an apex moment of putting wind in the sails of people who are making, you know, a real, a real tangible difference in the world. And other days it's like, we need to, we need a whole new way of, of fighting the power because simply making a movie, simply making a song, simply kind of, you know, you know, uh, banging our foreheads against the titanium wall of the two party system may not be enough to well, literally save the planet. Right. Even though we have the, tens of millions agreeing with us. That's right. It doesn't necessarily form itself into a movement that will bring about change. That's correct. Especially, especially when that movement is being, you know, pissed, pissed upon by the democratic party. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no greater enemy to progress. As someone who worked for two years as the scheduling (laughs) secretary for a progressive United States Senator, Senator Alan Kranz from California, I can, I, you you may have heard about the sausages made, but I wasn't standing next to the grinder. I was next to the grinder and it's worse than you can ever imagine. And, you know, and that that's, um, you know, from the, you know, from my experience there in the Senator's office, I could be happy to regale you with, with tales. that will make you lose sleep there to, you know, when the, when the, uh, the, the, the teachers uprising in, in Wisconsin, that was, right. you know, when it, when it looked like there was going to be a general strike in Wisconsin that was going to yeah. bring down the government. And that was completely undermined by the democratic party as well. It's like, yes. They, the, the, the centrist Democratic Party does not want the change that those majority of Americans want. They does not want the change that you, you put in your movies and that I sing about in my songs. They don't yeah. want that. No, and, in fact, I think that centrist and corporatist wing, they, they now call them on TV today the moderates. Joe Biden met with the moderates of the Democratic Party today. Oh, dear, oh dear me. <laughs> what does that make and, him? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, when you say, as soon as you said the words Democratic Party, I thought, Tom, you don't re- you don't mean the Democratic Party whose whose police agents that are on the <laughs> Texan border yes. were whipping, yeah. whipping black people, Haitians, yeah. yeah, and and Tom, they have spent two days trying to explain to us because we're idiots, yeah. of course, yeah, those weren't really whips, 
those are just like reins, yeah. reins on the horse. And I've taken the footage now and yeah, I've sure. blown it up. Yeah. And they're and they're friggin' rain. They're not reins. They are friggin' whips. Yes. They are yes. whipping. We when was the last time? Can we roll a video that we have footage <laughs> yeah. of of Americans, Americans who work for the federal government whipping black people? And oh, by the way, under a democratic administration. That's correct. And I guess the question would be like, if you whip, if if a white cop whips a black person with a rain, is he whipping them or is he raining them? I mean, I guess no, that would be. Really, <laughs> well, sadly, it could be both. <laughs> it could He's be raining both. over. Yes. And yes. whipping. And but whipping. I think I think if we went to the whoever the people are that are the Supreme Court of the English language. Yes. Probably somewhere at Oxford or Cambridge. Yes. Whether you've got a belt in your hand. That's right. Right. Whether you've whether you've got a rein in your hand. Yes. Whether you whatever it is you've got in your hand, if you are in the motion and act of whipping a human being, it's called a whip. That's right. Doesn't matter what the whip is made of. Yes. Yes. But they've spent two days on the news trying to no 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 the Democratic the the White House no 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 it wasn't a whip. It, it looked like a whip, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't a whip. Yes, we were whipping with it. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, now I'm in a Devo song. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're laughing, but actually the greater truth that you're speaking here about the Democrats must be heard. Yeah. Because otherwise, people on our side, shall we say, of the political fence, especially younger people, might get disillusioned and disheartened sure. when they see the people that they voted for participating in an act like this. Yes. And then, sadly, too many of them just give up, and they say, nah, "I don't want anything to do with it. It's all horse shit." And um, and it's like that's we, you and I, we can't lose them, um, yeah. you know. And and we're not going to be monkeys, you know, just uh, doing a circus act on a stage. Hey, wait, come back. We got another song for you. <laughs> hey, look at this movie I just made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and I know that's not going to do it for us. Yeah, or the country, or the world. Well, I think that the. I mean, if there's. Like this, this latest record of mine is the 21st studio album of my career. And if there's one thread that kind of goes between them, between all of them, is I don't know if it's necessarily an antidote to what you described for the young people who get wound up in the disillusion, but it's certainly a, a, a chess piece on the table. And that is the absolute cold, hard fact that the world is not going to change itself. That's up to you. Like literally you, like the person listening now, you. Like not me, not my, like you, like the per, you know, and the person who's running the video thing and the person, like it's you. And the the while that may sound daunting, the the good news is when the world has changed in progressive, radical, or even revolutionary ways, it has been changed by people who had no more power, influence, courage, connections than anyone listening right now. You know, like it's that's how the world changed. Like, and the things that seemed immovable in the past, like in my lifetime, there was the Berlin Wall was never going to come down. Apartheid was here to stay. Like, there were things that would, Nelson Mandela would never get out of prison. That's correct. You go back, like women would never get the right to vote. Lunch counters would never be decided. Like, there were things that were yes. just like they were absolutely dyed in wool, carved in stone. And those things changed, not by the, not by an act of God, and not by, not by a, 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 a Supreme Court that led the way. Those were changed by people no different from you who just did nothing other than stand up in their play in their school in their place of work in their community for a more just and humane society society by just using the tools that they had available to them like mike picked up a camera i picked up a guitar people like people started an underground newspaper someone started a petition someone decided to stand on a street corner with a sign someone threw a brick through a starbucks window no, but whatever but it's like it's the 
the, the meter of, we are agents of history. Yes. Everybody, you're an agent of history. History is not something that happens. History is something that you make. Right. And if you, and if you're, and if you're, or you can opt out and not have your hand on the wheel of history, you stand on the side of the road, you let a bunch of jackasses drive the planet into a ditch. Those are the two options. Yeah. But as you say, if you are one of the people that are willing just to go stand on that corner holding the sign, you may not think that you as one individual is important. And of course, that's the way those in power want you to think. But the, but the fact is, and it makes me think about just this past weekend, the man, uh, George Holiday, who heard a ruckus outside of his apartment window uh, some 20 years ago. And went and just got, he just got a brand new home video camera. And went out on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. And filmed the Los Angeles police. Yeah, beating senselessly, beating Rodney King. George Holiday was his name. He was what you would call nobody, and yet, by his one action, became somebody. And the reason he was on the news this week, and sadly, Tom, is that he uh, passed away from yeah, I saw COVID. That, yeah. You, yeah. You saw that. Oh, I didn't say it was from COVID. But yeah, yeah. He was a plumber. That's what he was. He was a plumber for really about 43 years of his life. So in other words, just an average person doing an average job, as they would call it, and yet was beyond average in the sense of the impact that he had mm. so that we could see what yeah. the L.A. police were doing. If yep. everybody saw you don't have to be Michael Moore as a filmmaker. You can be George Holiday, the plumber. <laughs> That's right. Pick up your home movie camera. And start filming, and you know what? They're going to see you that you're doing this, and you're going to feel very scared. Yeah. Because they can hurt you, and they can kill you. Mm -hmm. But we are the better off, not just because of him, or Anbella uh, Frazier, who filmed the tragedy and the murder of George Floyd, mm -hmm. a 17-year-old. I mean, I just, there's so many examples of this where people are watching, listening to us right now, if they just believed that, yes, <laughs> Everything you've been told is wrong, that one person can't fight City Hall, you can't rock uh, the boat. Yes, you can. Mm, yes, you can. Absolutely. And the thing, too, is that is that courage is contagious. Like, if you're that one person on the street corner, like, to hear, for me, it was bands and stuff like that, but, like, to just, to for someone to drive by and realize they are not alone in an opinion, in a radical opinion that they hold in their heart, you know? <laughs> like, right. that, that, that's, that, that sort of connectivity and realizing that there's that there are others out there who feel like who, that, that, that that shit's not right you know and to be able right. to step outside of your door and here's the thing is too like when you when you do things things happen and you just hmm. don't and you don't know where that road leads but you, if you don't do things things stay the same yeah uh, that's that we can guarantee yeah if you do nothing things will stay the same that's right if you do something there is no guarantee that's right. But there's a far greater chance of something happening. That's right. That's right. Than if you just sit there on the couch. That's right. So, okay. So you've got this new album yes. coming out and I've listened to it. This is, uh, I'm not, I'm not a music critic, so I'm not going to be eloquent in the way that I should be in <laughs> describing this, but I will say this, listening to it. And what's so interesting about this, which I'll explain in a second, listening to it, Tom, in the way when I first heard Rage Against the Machine at the beginning of the nineties, where in my head, I went, whoa. Okay, we haven't heard this. We've had all these various forms of, of rock, which uh, led to punk, which led to the alternative, which led to uh, uh, metal becoming death metal, which, yeah, you know, yeah. it just could go through the whole gamut of everything. I, I said that we were, Basil and I were listening to it here the other day, and I said, man, this sounds like we've entered a new 
a new era, a new, a new set. Well, actually, we are in a new century, but we haven't really been listening to something that's been created for the 21st century yet. We're still, we're still coming out of that the last century. And I said, this, this sounds like now and whatever is ahead. What you did in, in the early 90s, taking us to some place that we haven't been. And the irony of this album <laughs> is that this, the, one of the most incredible versions of one of the most incredible rock songs of all time, Highway to Hell, originally ACDC, that it's on this album, the Alice Underground Fires, the name of the album. And it's not just you. In fact, I don't even think I hear your voice on it. No. It's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. It's Eddie Vedder. That's right. And it's and it's you there, but also maybe the fourth human, which is your guitar. The, the, your guitar comes alive again in this. And it's just so the irony of that, that you you take the song that I would say, geez, Highway to Hell, early 80s, maybe yeah, uh, 79, late, late 79. 70s. Yeah, 79, yeah, 79. And all the way to this, this inventive stuff. I mean, this album is just, it's got everything in it that's new or should be new or will be new. And, and I'm, I just, uh, hats off to you for, uh, inventing this and all the people you got to collaborate, yeah. uh, with you on this album. Well, thanks Mike. It's a, it's a, it's a record that was kind of born of the pandemic. You know, like I, from the time I was 17 years old till March of 2020, I had been nonstop writing, recording and performing and all that came to a screeching halt. Um, and so when, you know, I was you looking going to lockdown, we were absolutely in lockdown. I mean, I got my mom who's 97 here. My mother-in-law who's 90 here. I got two kids going crazy on the zoom school thing. Like people can probably relate. And, you know, and, and I was looking at like a, uh, it was the first creative drought of my adult life. And mm. like inspiration came from a very uh, unexpected place. I read an interview where Kanye West said that he had recorded the vocals for a couple of his hit albums on the voice memo of his phone. I have a studio in my house, but I don't know how to work it. There's all, there's an engineer there who like, who knows how to press the buttons. They only let me touch the volume knob and that rarely. Um, and so I wasn't able to record, but then after reading this Kanye article, I just started recording guitar into my phone and then sending it to engineers and producers and artists around the world and began, and began sort of forging this kind of global pen pal rock and roll community that was with, with this goal and the, the whole sort of purpose of the Atlas Underground Project is like, I'm, I believe firmly the, the electric guitar is the greatest instrument ever invented by humankind. There's no instrument that has the nuance of Segovia and the power of Metallica all sort of in the same, same six strings. But I also firmly believe that the guitar is an instrument that has a future and not just a past. You know, and so the idea of having my guitar be kind of like the north star of this record, whether it's in a song with Chris Stapleton, you know, country star Chris yeah. Stapleton, or Springsteen and Eddie Vedder with a classic heavy metal song "Highway to Hell," or with Sama Abdul Hadi, who's a great young Palestinian DJ, or Mike Posner, who recorded his vocals at twenty-five thousand feet in Nepal while summiting Everest, to you know, to uh, refused in Sweden to bring me the horizon in Brazil. So it was like this kind of like global community of, while I was completely alone and anxious and fearful, you know, during the plague in my bunker, I was able to have these kind of rock and roll and EDM and hip hop and country and Western pen pals to forge this alliance, to make this music. This is, this record was almost less a creative endeavor than it was an antidepressant, you know, in a way to sort of, sort of like, I am a man, like I am a musician. I'm not just a guy that's fixing the plumbing you know, yeah, on this, yeah. on this particular day. Wow. Wow, it's so 
this says a lot, a lot to your own energy, though, and your own consciousness that in this dark moment that we're all in, uh, in this moment where we've been in this lockdown, to be able to th- find ways. And I think people listening to this, I want to just say this to you. Again, you don't have to be me or Tom. You can be yourself. You have that voice memo on your phone. You you know how to write. You can you can you could write a short story that's one page long. You know, you, you or maybe you can't do that. Maybe it's a poem. Maybe it's a. It's. I just think that that anything to do with the arts or any kind of creativity is going to bring you out of uh, whatever down in the dumps you are uh, about what's going on. But the fact, Tom, that you were able to. I mean, I know this a little bit for myself, but not to the, I didn't talk to anybody in the uh, top of Mount Everest, but I, I, <laughs> but I was able, but I have, I have, like, I live alone and I have a, a second bedroom here and I thought, well, no one's coming to see me. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I don't know if I want anybody coming to see me. Yes. <laughs> so I'm just going to turn this into a little podcast studio. And I had help from my uh, niece and, and uh, nephew, my sister helped, of course, Basil and uh, a couple of other people. Um, have you ever noticed that whenever you start to thank people or you list people, your brain is going to forget somebody? Yes. And you know that there's somebody just at home just going, that fucker. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it always happens to me. And this is the worst thing. And I, yeah, I like, feel thanks, horrible for Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, yeah, Mike. Thanks, thanks I Mike. Know, I know. It's <laughs> I know. So you've done it, right? I mean, yeah, you've done it. Yeah. Well, I try to, like, when you, once you start down that road, then you're in trouble. So I just like, let's Don't thank you. Don't go down that road ever. Don't go down that road. That's really yeah. like it's. I put their credit in the film. Their names up on the big screen. Yeah, I paid them well. Yes, and I love them. Yes, that's but, right. That's right. And that's I right. saw somebody the other night at the Emmys go. I'm never. I'm going to forget everybody. That's what. That's why God created IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> so go to IMDb. Everyone's yeah. listed. I thank but, all of them. Whoever's I, on I, there, I love all I, of them. I, I, I thank, thank them, them all. and, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you listen seriously. They, they, I mean, I started. Do I did. I did it. Four in the morning. Sometimes I'd, I'd have the, uh, you know, the phone, yeah. and that's how the the podcast that people heard was done right here. On right, this. right, right, right. But the, man, the, the the people that you named and the people that you had as part of this. I want to tell you like the story of Highway to Hell with Bruce and Eddie because it's like oh, it's, yeah, a, it's a funny story. So so I was playing. You know, for about six years I played with the E Street Band on and off with the E Street Band, and we were in, we were in we were in Perth, Australia, uh, the home of Bon Scott, the singer of ACDC. Uh, and I went to go pay my respects to his grave and uh, uh, late at night, it was like 11 o'clock at night in this Perth graveyard. And I can't find his, you'll see, be surprised to hear that Bon Scott's grave is not marked with an eternal flame. I was surprised, but anyway, there's no, there's, there's no, it's hard to find. So uh, out of the darkness comes this mi- motorbike in the middle of the night in, in the, mm. and this guy's wearing like a German World War II helmet and a t-shirt, which reads, I don't give a shit, but if I did, you're the one I'd give it to. And I'm like, that guy's going to know where Bon Scott's grave is. Right. <laughs> and sure enough, he does. So yeah. I pay my, pay my respects, go back to the uh, go back to the hotel. And I see Bruce. I'm like, Bruce, do you think that there's a way that the circle of the E Street Band and the circle of ACDC might overlap in any way? And he's like, I never have thought about that before, Tom, but I'm going to think about it tonight. So we began rehearsing Highway to Hell at sound checks over the course of the next couple of dates. And we found ourselves in a huge soccer stadium in Melbourne, like 80,000 people. And Eddie Vedder happened to be there. He was on a solo oh. solo tour at the time. So he came down to the show to see our show. And I light bulb went off. So I knock on Bruce's door. I'm like, Bruce, we are in Australia where ACDC is king and where the song Highway to Hell is the unofficial national yes, anthem yes, right. of rock and roll liberation. Yes. What if, what if we open the show 
with ACDC, mm. Highway to Hell, with Eddie Vedder. And he wow. was like, he was like, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So we did that. <laughs> we did that. And I mean, if you think you've seen an audience go ape shit before, you haven't mm. unless you were there on that night. Because it was like, it was like a like a lightning strike moment of creativity and connection, like the highest height of what a thing can be in a room, right? And so when I was making this record with a lot of great younger artists like Femme and Protohype and Grandson and Fanagram and Chris Stapleton, um, I wanted to, the last song I did for this record was Highway to Hell. I wanted to make a song with my rock brothers. And so that we ended up with one of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time, ACDC's Highway to Hell, sung by two of the greatest rock and roll singers of all time, Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder. Well, and of course, you on uh, uh, the way the, the song ends. I, I, I won't ruin it for people, but um, <laughs> w- I mean, even though it was just two of us in the living room the other night listening to it, it felt like there were 80,000 people here. So just <laughs> because, because let's, can we just, those who have heard it, and if you haven't, please, I'll, I'll put a link to it on the podcast platform here. But one of the greatest rock and roll performances of all time is Bruce and Tom. Bruce and Tom and the E Street Band doing Bruce's version of The Ghost of Tom Joad. And when you listen to this, this incredible song that is essentially based on the story in The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. And then Tom comes into it. Bruce sings a, a, a verse and Tom sings it. And then Tom's guitar takes over with this magical thing that you really hadn't, you haven't heard in the pantheon of listening to rock and roll, doing it live. It was one of the most important things. I mean, you know, must, you must feel on your, yourself, your contribution to this, you and Bruce together. And I remember at one point you told me the first time that you guys did this, it was like, there really wasn't much rehearsal that went into it. And I think you were in one of the arenas out in Southern California. Yeah. Is, yeah is it, was right? an, it was in Anaheim in 2008. And, and you know, I'd run into Bruce a few days before in a studio and he'd said, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Like Bruce Springsteen, I'm a, you know, it, it, he's, it's impossible to sort of consider Bruce, even though we know each other a long time, consider him a peer because he's the only friend, <laughs> yeah. he's the only friend of mine that I subscribe to a fanzine about. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 so, so it's like, it's always weird. Like we're just texting. I'm like, I'm t- why is Bruce Springsteen texting? Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so I, you know, I ran into him and he said, uh, let's play Ghost of Tom Joad. And the, the two versions that existed at the time were the acoustic version on his 1995 record, which is like a plaintive minor key Woody Guthrie ballad and the Rage Against the Machine cover of it from 1997, which is like this kind of Black Sabbath-y heavy metal version. He said, bring your electric guitar, bring the acoustic guitar. I'll figure it out with the E Street Band and you come like a half hour later. So I'm like, great. So I practice all, I'm nervous. I practice all that. I've got it. I know the chords. I can sing it, but I get, I'm in, I'm at soundcheck. I'm under, I'm in catering. I can hear the band practicing upstairs and they've raised the key of the song by eight Mm. steps. Now, mm. as you can hear from my rich milk chocolate baritone voice, my, you know, I don't have like an American idol range. And all of a sudden I, it feels like it's like, I can't sing it. And now I have to transpose these chords, which I've got like about, you know, 90 seconds to do. I'm called up on stage as rehearse. We're rehearsing the song. We're going to play it that night. And I don't know how to play the fucking thing. And I don't know how to sing the fucking thing. And I'm like, this is my chance to play with the E Street Band. And it's abs. It's an absolute disaster. I'm miserable, miserable. Lil Steven feels my heat and my pain yes. and he comes yes. over his, and you know, you know him he's like baby yes. baby i'm like baby i'm bad baby there's no <laughs> i'm a bad baby but and so bruce they don't call him the boss for nothing he comes over puts his hand on my shoulder 
steadies my nerves, looks me in the eye, and he says, Tommy, and first of all, it's awesome that he calls me Tommy, yeah. which is like, Tommy. Like, Tommy. Tommy. he's like, Tommy, we're going to play it in this key, and it's going to be great. And I'm like, first of all, thanks, Jedi Master Yoda. I still don't know how to play or sing the thing, but it did calm my nerves enough so that I was able to reflect and go, like, there's 15 people in the E Street Band. They know the chords. I don't need to play the chords. Can I sing a song of social justice like I mean it? Yes, I can. Can I play a guitar solo? I sure as hell can. So then it was my turn at that sound check to pull a little fast one on the E Street Band. So I don't, during the solo section, I don't give anything away. I just sort of Chuck Berry my way through and just kind of vanilla, super vanilla it through the, right, through, right. The, through the guitar solo. So it comes time that night, the song's about in the middle of the set. I'm half a bottle of Jameson in because I've never been more nervous in my life. I get, call, I get, called, get called up there and we play the song and it's, you know, and something happened that none of us expected. None of us expected. It was like no, no one in the crowd, Bruce, me, the Easter, like it was a, you know, the song kept building and building. I started playing this guitar solo and Bruce just was like, keep going, keep yeah. going. It's like yeah. 82, like it keep going. Like there, I didn't have anything planned. And all of a sudden there's this, this world of, you know, it almost felt like this kind of, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Coltrane felt like when he was just loose, but it felt like maybe like that where there's, you know, there's no note that could be wrong. And it's like, it's astral and it's feral. And it's like, it's channeling these ghosts of heroes past and whatnot. And it comes to this roaring conclusion and Bruce and I look at each other and go, Hey Bruce, that was the right key after all. <laughs> <laughs> And then we played it. We, we played another hundred times later, you know, down the road. What did he think that after that first time, he must have been so gobsmacked that. Well, we, I mean, you can see the video, the videos out there and you, you see the look on both of our faces and we just, we just can't believe it. It's like, it was, it was like one plus one plus one equals 974. Like it was a, it's, it's, it really speaks to the testament of chemistry. And that's one thing that one thing sort of in the artistic process that sort of bears mentioning is like, I love solo artists because of the purity of vision that you get in their work. And whether it's an early Dylan album or whatnot, or even on my solo records, I like to be the one that chooses the album cover and to be, have like my voice and curation be the guiding star. But in a band, you get chemistry and you create something that is unexpected that none of, that none of the individuals could have predicted or could have done on their own. And that was certainly the case with mm. goes, to, goes to Tom Jode on that night. And it's kind of the case on this record, too. Like, this is a record well, where... Well, like, that's it, what I thought the other night. Yeah. So, when, this, when Highway to Hell comes on, not knowing yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah. By the end of it, we're just like, just floored by the... Did we just hear what we just heard? Yeah. It's just... And with all due respect, of course, to ACDC. And, uh, and I'll tell you a little story about them in a minute here. But, again, it was like, not since... You and, and and Bruce and the band doing that version of The Ghost of Tom Joad. Had I heard anything like this until the other night when we put on uh, uh, Bruce and Eddie and you uh, doing Highway to Hell. Well, that's um, awesome, Mike. Thank you. That was, no, no thank you. But uh, what I was going to tell you about ACDC is uh, there was this great DJ <clears throat> in Michigan. His name was Peter C. Cavanaugh. He just passed away uh, uh, a month or so ago, but he was, he was like, he was the North star in Michigan of bringing new bands, new everything, all that sound that came out of Michigan, all the rock, mm -hmm. and, you know, nobody would have heard of Bob Seger. Nobody would have heard of you know, just go down the list yeah. of Michigan uh, uh, bands at that time. And um, he was, he's known as the first DJ in North America to play the who. Okay. And, and and somehow I don't know he discovered this man this this 
album that was just in Australia, this group, ACDC. And he, he, uh, put it on the, on his station. They picked it up in Detroit, became this huge thing. And they were so grateful to him. And, and, and when he finally had this contact with them in Australia, they said, if there's anything we can do. And he said, well, actually, there's this guy in Flint, uh, who has started this, uh, alternative newspaper called the Flint Voice. <laughs> if there's any, if you're, when you come to the U.S. or whatever, if you could, uh, do a benefit to help out this small paper, uh, <laughs> I, I'd be, and he'd be very grateful. When they came for the first time, they decided to do their first concert in Flint, Michigan. Oh my gosh. Uh, and they, and they weren't as big here yet. So they opened for another big name that I can't even remember now, but they, but they, they offered to come and do this at the Capitol Theater in downtown Flint for our little paper. And, um, and that was my first introduction wow. to Bon Scott and the whole, and the gang. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. And it was, and it was in the late seventies. Yeah. 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 Maybe 80. I can't remember, but it was that yeah. whatever you said it was, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so glad that you honor them. Okay. So this will be out. What's the date uh, for the o album? October 15th. The record comes out. There's three songs out now. Uh, song with bring me the horizon is a great young rock band out of Brazil and the UK. We've got a song out about sort of the sort of, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a modern day heavy metal pandemic blues called let's get the party started. There's yeah. a great, there's a great song with a young band called Fantagram uh, who are from out from LA, uh, which is a, ghost story called driving to texas that, and then there it's a powerful incredible song yeah different a, from anything yeah i've heard you do yep 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 and very spooky and then there's yes. highway highway to hell with uh bruce and uh bruce okay and yeah. so okay so tom what the fuck are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> what's, a, what's a poor boy to do except playing a rock and roll band like i gotta tell you i mean well well thank goodness i mean you 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 you, you can continue to like one thing i'm hoping for is like that somebody listening to this damn podcast like comes up with the new idea you know what i mean like you've had thirty-five thousand great ideas in your career i've had i've had 35 you know what i mean like let's no, somebody out there's somebody's somebody out there's got to come up with one like spark it off man like it's, like it's um you know we continue to you know to to be links in the chain of this battle for a more just and just and, and decent world, but we need something to overturn the table right now. Yeah, we yeah. absolutely do. to save the planet. Like there's, like, you know, racism is horrible and economic inequality, but we're going to lose the fucking planet, right? Dude. And then that's if, a, if we haven't, yes. Yeah, but yeah. I want to believe we haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the planet will survive, but the species will be gone. Yeah, civilization in the way that you're comfortable with it will be gone. Yeah, will be gone. Will be gone. Yes. No. This is this is um. It's also important, and it it um, and I do believe there is that one person listening to this right now. You mm -hmm. know, there's let's say, on any given uh, episode here, there could be 150,000 or more listening to this. Mm -hmm. Um, and if just one of you had that next idea, or had that, you know, or or called up three friends and said, you know what we should do? Yeah, exactly. Fill yeah. in the blank. Yeah, or if maybe all. Uh or if maybe all 150,000 of you do that. <laughs> okay. See. Well, if let's, all of you listening that, right now the, do that's that. That's the buckshot approach. That essentially <laughs> is called the revolution. And uh, <laughs> it will be at least podcastized. That's right. Uh, the, that's right. But it will, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a chance that that we'll have. So before we before we uh, go here, uh, let, let's, um, uh, you know, we've known each other for uh, a long, long time. And, um but maybe if each of us uh, shared a story that maybe most sure. people, especially the podcast listeners, don't sure, know, sure, um, that and um, 
Well, I get can, to I get to go first because yeah, you got to go first. So you pick the one that you want to tell. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll 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 do mine. And, <laughs> okay. Uh, and <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the one that I pick. I forget. I don't know if you remember this, but this was some year where you were winning a you were winning so many awards that you didn't have like the the time and the bandwidth to go collect all of them. So you sent me as your proxy to like go. I forget. I had to go pick up an Emmy or a Grammy or whatever it was somewhere. Yeah, for, no, it was I, a big award out it was, in uh, it was, in LA. Yeah, it was like Director's Guild Award, something like that. Yes. So it was Director. So anyway, so, so like hey. Fahrenheit 9/11. It was one of the big awards. That's right. And so it's like, and, and, and I couldn't come because I was <laughs> picking up some other award. Picking up, <laughs> pick up an award in France. <laughs> and so I'm like, sure, Mike, I'll go there and pick up your award for you. I hope I finally got it to you. I'm not sure. So anyway, so I think I gave it to your sister. So yeah, um, yeah. So this so is what the, happened. This is the story that I told on that night, and I'll tell it to your, to your listeners now. I was a big fan of Michael Moore's television programs, TV Nation, and whatever the other one was, and um, the awful truth, yeah. the awful truth. And I loved, I loved those shows, and I just it was a, it was, it was, it was like a brand new idea on the planet to be kind of that ballsy. It was like sort of part punked and sort of like part pranking, but with like a, but with a overturn the system, determined to over the system while doing it, just like my favorite kind of satire and humor and politics all rolled into one. It was one part yippies and one part Che Guevara. It was fantastic. Anyway, so so I could, so Rage Against the Machine hired Michael Moore to make a video for our song Sleep Now in the Fire. I could not wait to meet Mike, and I had one question that I could not wait to ask him. The second that he shows up in the trailer, I'm like, Mike, big fan of yours, man. I've seen all the crazy stuff you do, like the balls you've got on you. How many times have you been arrested? And he laughed <laughs> like that. He sort of laughs. He's like, well, I've never, I've never been arrested. And I was like, and I, and I jokingly say, well, you've never worked with Rage Against the Machine before. So anyway, cut to, we're making a video. And now the, the, the premise of the video is that the band is going to play the song on the federal building steps down in Wall Street. We're right, we're like kitty corner from right the New York. George Washington took his oath of office for President right. of the United States. That's yep. right. That, that, that statue is in the the statue is in the video. Yep. We, we have a permit to play on the federal steps. The 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 New York Stock Exchange is there. We do not have a permit to play on the city sidewalk. And Mike, as a director, is a man of few words. So he says to the band, he says, This is what we're gonna do. You're gonna perform on the steps. I'm gonna give you some instructions. No matter what happens. No matter what happens, don't stop playing. Now, this may burst. This next little caveat may burst the bubble of some of your listeners who may not understand how videos are made. But when a band is is making a video, they're not actually playing the song; they're miming to playback. So we have a CD of the song "Sleep Down the Fire" that's somewhere over there in a truck. It's coming through the speakers, and we play it again and again. We pretend we're playing it again and again and again and again on the steps. It's going great. There's some placards. There's date. They hand out placards. The day traders are walking by. One of them incredibly says. Trump for president 2000 in a prescient Nostradamus like move that perhaps helped manifest it. We're sorry, but that's, it's in the video as well. So yes. we play on, we, we play on the federal steps. And then Mike says, he gives his second directorial edict of the afternoon. He says, now we're going to play on the city sidewalk, the unpermitted city sidewalk. So we go down there, they hit play on the CD player again, sleeping on the fire. You got to get another angle. Yeah. Got to get another angle. So we're down on the sidewalk. And when we arrive on the sidewalk and start playing, the uh, New York City police sergeant comes up to me and the, and the volume is loud. And he comes to me and says, hey, you, hey, buddy, you got to get back on the back on the steps. You don't have a permit for the sidewalk. And it's at this point where I remember what Mike said to begin the day. Whatever happens, whatever happens, keep playing. 
So I like, I'm, I'm with my man, Mike. I keep playing. Pretend playing. Yes. Pretend playing. And the cop's like, get back on the steps. And now I don't know if any of you have ever been in trouble with the law, but for those of you who may have, there's, there's a thing it's called, I call it like the cop vein. There's a vein in cops necks and it begins like sort of pulsing when, when, when like shit's about to go down and his vein is pulsing. He's like, get back on the fucking steps right now. And I'm playing now, and he's so mad and his vein is so pulsing that he unplugs my guitar and the music does not stop. And the look on his face is one of like, it's like religious terror. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing that, that could add up to this happening that the music right. will be playing. He unplugs Timmy's bass. It doesn't, he takes he the mic, playing. he takes the mic, he's got the drums. He doesn't understand how this could possibly, it's like, it's a, it's a group of warlocks or something. Right. So, right. so, so anyway, so he looks at us and he does the, he's furious and he does the only thing that he can possibly do, which is arrest Michael Moore. Yeah, so right. We, Not arrest you. No, because we're, war, we're warlocks, dude. He's terrified. Right. Because yeah. Terrified. Oh. So they put, this is all in the video. You can see those. So they put Mike in, in handcuffs and as they're, lead, as they're leading him away, we get the third directorial edict of the afternoon, which is take the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> and I and, turned around as I'm in handcuffs. Yeah. I yell at you guys. Take the stock exchange and, right and across you know, the street. At this point, we're like in for a penny and for a pound. So we set the guitars down on the stands where they continue to play. <laughs> and, and we go now, now the film crew is wholly unprepared for this. This is all extemporaneous. So I'm the first one through the door. The, the film crew is not there. I'm through the door. There's a guy like in a frumpy security guy in a frumpy jacket. I'm like, hi, I'm Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. I'm here to take the New York Stock Exchange. Is that a left or a right? And he hits like the panic button and like the sirens go off and the cops come and the riot police come and they, they pull down like the riot doors and they yeah. expel metal, us from metal, yeah, doors. Metal, metal doors. They expel us from the big, the building. And for the first time in what is the 150 year history of the New York stock exchange, capitalism came to a halt on a Tuesday afternoon. Thanks to Michael Moore in irons <laughs> and rage against the machine. Yeah, And you, and still you guys, as those, that metal thing was coming down that metal grate, to to essentially entomb yes. the stock exchange, <laughs> you guys slip out. You yeah. slip out under the the the, yeah. the 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 iron gate. Yeah, and they still don't arrest you. No, they didn't arrest us. They didn't arrest us. They arrested Meanwhile, you though. They brought they brought me inside to the police room inside this federal building, and uh, fortunately, I talked my way out of it to the head captain who was there explaining, yeah. you know, and I showed him the permit. And he didn't want to get into the weeds of whether we were on the steps of the yes, sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, this is a federal permit. We're the federal government. Let him go. Yeah, there and, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and know, some, and somehow it. we finished the video later that night. But I remember we were all like, we didn't know if you were like in, in you know, in Attica by that point. No, or yeah, whatnot. No. We, were, we, Attica, we, were, Attica. we were like, at the, we were, there was a, a second half of the shoot where we were like in suits playing in front of like some like, like our uh, game show, game, game, game show, but game anyway, show that, handing out all of capitalism's booty. Yeah. All right. So that's um, my my story. What do you got? Can you top that? That's one? a uh, no. I but I'm gonna I'll, <laughs> I I will tell you what I thought that through all that hassle, hey, being handcuffed, everything we went through uh, to make that video, that I I would end up again getting an award. Yes. Because I was known. Oh, geez. Yes. To do. So <laughs> we are nominated, the yes. band and me. Yes. For the MTV Music Video Awards. 
Yes. Uh, for the best, uh, one of the best, best videos of the year. Best, I don't best, rock, best rock video. Best so. rock video. Yeah. And it was, who else was in there? It was Limp Biscuit. It was. Yeah. Uh, and, and some other ones. Uh, uh, Trent, uh, what was his group? Trent Nine Inch Nails, maybe. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. what was his group? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Trent. Um, but yes, that was, so that's the category. So we go there to Radio City Music Hall that night. Uh, as one of the five nominees, they sit us really right there in the fifth row. I sure, mean, we were sure. close to the stage. Yeah, yeah. But then, then in come the kind of police that I know from my experience, I do not want to have to deal with. And it's called the Secret Service. Yes. And it's like, whoa, okay, this is serious. What's going on here? And in come the Gore daughters, Al yes, Gore's yes, daughters, yes. to sit in the front row yeah. with Secret Service, who are now just like, four rows from us and i'm thinking okay all right just we're all on our p's and q's and i'm with rage against the machine what could happen yeah what could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong yeah so it comes time uh for our category and i think you know i mean you know how we all are about these awards it's nice but it's also a lot of it's an empty it's an it's an mtb award it's an empty yes mtb lots of empty calories in this yeah 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 so so they read off the nominees, open up the envelope, and I believe it's Limp Biscuit. Yes. Uh, break stuff. Break stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Break stuff. Not us. No. Tim, mm. the bass player, mm-hmm. um, I'm sitting in between uh, him and Tom. And uh, Tim is upset, instantly ballistic, upset that we did not win. And, and we're all like, Timmy, it's okay. It's okay. Hey, keep, you know, cameras are on us. Let's, you know, keep the smile on. And, and he says, um, I'm going up to that stage right now. And, um, and you said, Tim, that no, that no. is a bad idea. Brad, usually fairly quiet. No. <laughs> Everybody no. And then what did you say, Mike? Yeah. Well, I, he, remember, I didn't I, say anything. I'm not in the band. No. He turns to me. Yeah, I remember what you said. Yeah, he says, "Mike, I'll do whatever you say. <laughs> You're the director." And I said, "Timmy, uh, you know, it's it's not really uh, for me to decide." In Tim's mind, that is a yes. No, you said, "Follow your heart, Tim." Okay, yes. You said, <laughs> "Follow right. your That's heart, what it was, Tim." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what is wrong with that? What is wrong with following your heart? It depends Where is on, the de- what is de- the crime I've committed here? It, it depends on what's in your heart. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that to him was a yes. And yeah. he flew out of his seat. He stepped on the tops of the seats of the yes. next four roads. Like a mountain goat. Like a mountain goat, not hurting anybody. Just no. boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, he leaps to the stage. In flip-flops. There, he, was in huh? flip-flops. he was wearing flip-flops. He was just in flip-flops. incredibly agile well, movement. Yeah. Uh, he may be the most athletic yeah, yeah, yeah. of all rock stars. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, he's on the stage and there is this giant tower that is uh, there at the, where the microphone is in the podium where you accept your award. And Limp Biscuit is now, they don't know what's going on there. No. They've made their way to the stage. He is there before them and he has climbed this tower rung by rung by rung by rung. But it's, it's not a real tower. It's, no. Remember, this is a show. Yeah, it's like Oscar scaffolding. Like it's Oscar, Oscar sca- there's nothing behind it, and there's nothing really holding it up. Yeah, <laughs> and he is now, my God, Tom. He was at the top, like a gargoyle. Yes, perched up there, literally That's right. perched. That's right. And yet, you can see the tower. Yeah, 
little bit of sway to it. Unbeknownst, unbeknownst to the band. He was unbeknownst. Up, unbeknownst to the band. He's like, yeah, so Limp Biscuit is thinking we're going to be more than limp yes. in about three seconds here. And so everybody's clearing away the Secret Service now because that tower could fall on the Gore Girls. So they now are leaping into action. Yes. And the whole show, they have to switch. It's a live show. They got to switch yes. it to the other side of it. It's a horrible thing. And, and, and so finally, enough police, NYPD, state cops, sheriffs, Secret Service, the Army National Guard. I don't know. Everybody was there. And they're, they're ordering him down. He decides that he's outnumbered, as strong as he is. After about a half hour. It was, no, yeah, this wasn't 20 seconds later. It was, it was, it was a hostage situation. It, it was, was a hostage situation. situation. They couldn't do the rest of the hour. show on that side of the stage. That's right. Finally, he comes down. And, oh, boy, when he comes down, those police, knowing the cameras are not on them, mm. went to town on, on poor Timmy yeah. and dragged him off in a brutal fashion. Yes. You guys uh, did not perform again for many many, many years. And it was on me that I, <laughs> because I didn't tell Timmy to, no, you cannot go up there. <laughs> um, that the band essentially sort of broke up and didn't play again for, when was the, when was the first time you guys got back together? Yeah, it was in 2000, 2007, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame yourself for that, Mike. Oh there were, there were a couple of shows after that, but it was, uh, it was a, I mean, it was quite a, it was quite an eve. It was quite an enchanted evening. Let me tell you, it was a yeah, memorable, yeah, that's the, that's my story of 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 feeling this horrible guilt and responsibility, which I sort of heard in the tone of your voice in the last sentence, <laughs> that, that maybe, no. maybe I finally have been forgiven. No, you you were you you were you were never you always implicated yourself. I I you were you're absolved. Timmy was I am absolved. Timmy oh my was, god. Timmy was climbing scaffolds like five days a week that just wasn't on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like he was he was <laughs> he was always right. Right. Was always expressing so, himself. Obviously, I must be absolved because just just before the pandemic, you guys were going on this incredible tour. It was announced. Yeah, the yeah. cities. Yeah, we were about we were about we were about fifteen days away from the first show raid shows in about about ten years. And you know, fingers crossed, pandemic notwithstanding, you know, it's rebooked for March twenty twenty. So I'm. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm. I'm hopeful. You know, we'll see how the world 20, 2022 you mean sorry march, 20, uh, yeah march yeah march 2022 is when yeah. it's rebooked for us so. we are all still in 2020 by the way yes <laughs> <laughs> i understand we, what you meant but we may forever yeah. be in 2020 in some we way may for, yeah oh don't say that but but yeah. right now at least yeah march of of 2022 yeah. and will it be the same kind of tour you were planning same yeah. number of cities it's, yeah it's the same we we basically sort of moved we moved it one year then we moved it another year so uh hopefully so it's that tour things. that we may that tour. have a chance to see if <laughs> If we get everybody vaccinated. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my, yeah. that's, that's my hope is, uh, you know, hope that we're able to, you know, do it. So, like I love playing rock and roll shows and I love like the, the joy of them and the celebration of resistance yeah. or the, you know, the rock power, but I, I want it, I don't want it to be something where, you know, you play a show and somebody goes home and, you know, kills their grandparents because of what somebody coughed COVID in their mouth. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's just, exactly. that just doesn't, that feels weird to me. You know, so I just want to, I just want to do it at such a time where it feels safe and for everybody, right. band, band, crew, and fans. You know? Right. Well, I hope that's the case. I hope everybody's listening. I hope you can convince the people you love and that you know that you work with, whatever, um, uh, to get this vaccine. So, okay, well, I hope people enjoyed um, 
those stories. Uh, we have we have many more that we could tell some other time. Uh, in fact, right. I'm going to come on your. I'm going to come on yeah, your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, yeah, Mike's going to do scheduled for that. I think uh, maybe later this week. I'm not even sure, but it's my my podcast is called Maximum Firepower, and we'll we may we may re, we may replay one or two of these stories on there, but we'll also yeah. we'll also come up with some fresh material as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Maximum Firepower is Tom's podcast, and look for me sometime in the next week. To ten days, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, um, we're going to record it then. We normally we sort of they it may come out later, but oh, it may come yeah. out later. Okay, so yeah, yeah, sometime yeah. in the near future, that's right. Uh, you can hear me on Maximum Firepower uh, with uh, Tom Morello. Uh, you know, Tom, if I can say this, it's personally, it's great. It's a great thing that you're in this world. You've really been an inspiration to me. You are a good soul. We didn't even get into, so we'll do this again some other time. But the fact that that you're your father, uh, your grandfather, your great, your great uncle. Yeah. The, the these uh, were people who were part of the revolution that created a free Kenya, and it's such a great story to talk about uh, sometime. Of how your father was the first ambassador to the United Nations, right? Yeah. From yeah, uh, yeah. from yeah. Kenya. Yeah, and then he, he was he was England's ambassador, uh, the ambassador to England for eight years, and. And Kenyatta, who's the first president, considered one of the, the obviously critical founders of the country, was your great great uncle. Great uncle. Great uncle. Yeah. Wow. My dad's wow. my dad's uncle. On your dad's side, yes. Yeah. Wow, that's so incredible. You, you have such good people in your family from from that, but also your mom. Your mom is so great. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, uh, I I hope I get to see her again sometime soon. Yeah. The fact that you would have both your mother and your mother-in-law living there. I've never met Denise's uh, mother, but I'm assuming she's Denise 1.0. Uh, that, that might not be. Sometimes the apple falls a little further away from the. Okay, so <laughs> so we won't get into that. Uh, leave that for Dr. Phil. Yes, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but no, but of course, in you know, I will, many of you do not know Denise, who Tom is married to, and his two wonderful sons. But uh, this is a uh, just an incredible family. Um, so much love when you walk into that house and, uh, hats off to you again, Tom, for uh, who you are, how you've lived your life and, um, how you have not given up in terms of, of the literal rebellion mm. <laughs> that we all must be part of, uh, to save this democracy, to make the country what it never was. I've said on this podcast many times that my, uh, my mission is to save the America we've never had. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you have been doing that for so many years, and my uh, my love and my thanks to you uh, for doing that. Uh, well, same back, Mike. It's just, it's uh, you know I appreciate you and our friendship and all of your great work through the years. And I hope we get to you know hang out in person again soon, whether I'm yes, in New York or I Michigan like or you're you're out here, whatever. So it's got to well, it has to happen because uh, yeah. I, you know, at least you have people there. With you, man. Like I know. I mean, yeah. During this, is Any like anytime you want to FaceTime the, the gang, though, we're here. I can. I'll introduce you to my wife's mom, grandmother Ellie. She's got. She's yes. a. Fi she's a fire plug. She'd like to meet you. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> well, and I will send video to you and to Timmy of me climbing the walls here. Oh my gosh! In, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel. I feel. I feel for you, man. Yeah, I've had it. I've yeah. absolutely had it. I understand. All right, everybody. Um, you've been here on this episode with one of my good friends and one of the great people in this country, uh, Tom Morello, uh, one of the co-founders of Rage Against the Machine, uh, The Night Watchman, Audio Slave. But but this is a great new album, uh, The Atlas Underground Fire. Uh, uh, give it a listen as soon as it's uh, out in October. 
and uh, and listen to the ones that I'm going to list uh, play for you here uh, on this podcast page. Tom Morello, I love you. Um, uh, um, I love Denise. Yeah, and uh, and and Brad and Timmy and Zach and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Love you too, buddy. Thanks very much. All right. Take care. All right. Cheers. All right. Tom Morello. Well, that's our episode here on Rumble with Michael Moore. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks to my executive producer, Basil Hamden, our editor and sound engineer, Nick Quaz, everybody who uh, gives me a hand in in making this podcast what it is, and all of you who listen to it, my 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 gratitude. And and sign up for my Substack; it's free. That way, I I will email you this podcast every week, uh, and you can just. Click the play button and boom, you're on. So um, please do that. Just go to michaelmoore.com, put your email address, mark the free box, and it's yours. Okay, we're done uh, for this week. Man, so much still going on in this country, in the world. Uh, So I'm just not going to get into it again because it just drives me crazy listening to the news media talk about Biden and how, how he botched the Afghanistan uh, evacuation and he and he's not he's not getting the Democrats together uh, <laughs> that's the Democrats fault that's those kind those so-called moderates in the uh, in the house in the Senate if you're listening if your staff is listening come on we the American people you have to pass both of these infrastructure bills both of them you have to take the money from the rich and the money from the Pentagon and pay for this damn stuff because this country is falling apart. Quit messing around. Let's get this legislation passed. Everybody listening to this, let your members of Congress and your senators know you will not tolerate anything other than the passage of both infrastructure bills at the amount that the president has said, this is what's going to fix this country. Come on, everybody. All right, we'll talk to you next week here on Rumble with Michael Moore. You will.